Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Smile, you son of a... On the side of my face. Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. And I'm Josh. And Josh, oh my god, Josh, we're getting breaking news right now. Our topic is journalism. Is this correct? Are you getting this on your end as well? It's a hot scoop. It's coming out of the scoop machine. I'm getting it. It's feeding through. (laughs) Can you just imagine like an ice cream scoop machine, but it just spews out news? This is hateful rhetoric or whatever you want to print on it. That's Twitter. Oh my god, that's Twitter. We just just reinvented Twitter. You cracked it. Uh, we're talking journalism this week, and in a very interesting uh, topic, considering the <laughs> times we're living in, I guess. Yeah, very reflective of the times we're talking about. If you're listening to this from a utopian future where we all love truth and fact, like, these were dark times, man. You know what's funny? All the films we picked today are either made and set, or set during like a similar time period, a stretch of like the 60s and 70s as well. Actually, yeah, they are too, aren't with, they? with certain administrations that are very reflective of now, which is kind of scary, but also Shit. weird. Did we, did we just make it even more themed than usual? Double themed. Themed times two. Well, what, what, what film have you brought this week, speaking well, of journalism? I brought the 2007 crime drama journalism film Zodiac directed by David Fincher which starring Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Mark Ruffalo Jake Gyllenhaal oh Jake Gyllenhaal yeah so good all, all our faves all our white boy faves and and who's like the one female actor as per every, any David Fincher movie oh god uh, who was it it was oh god I I'm honestly blanking this is the I'm one I've just, watched it's the first of much away it is I'm just googling this now vamp 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 vamping it is Chloe Sevigny yeah this is journalism it. in process folks it is research research, <laughs> research 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 which a lot of journalists don't do nowadays oh Brian Cox is in it too as well yes and John Carroll Lynch Richmond yeah. Arquette yeah if I were to summarize this film it's very much a proto version of Mindhunter, what he does later with Netflix as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was it's... it was very interesting watching this and being like, oh, this is where mm. he's doing Mindhunter from. Like, yeah, this is it's his very much like, like the palette, like the coverage, sort of the scope, the way he like films. Like, it's very much like little vignettes of things happening and crimes, and then it cuts to people researching and reacting. It's it's a very interesting put together film, and it's like like the real sort of case. It sort of leaves you like. Open ended, yeah, very much. Open-ended. And it's interesting for a for a, a a serial killer movie to not have the cops be the leads. I mean, Mark Ruffalo's in it and he's the yeah. cop, but actually, I found this really fascinating because I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, okay, so the, so the leads are we've kind of got Ruffalo and we've got Downey Junior, and then they're kind of discarded at the end 
for Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, because because the what it's based on is the book by the guy who Jake Gyllenhaal was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so it's this weird, almost psycho esque switcheroo of protagonist. Mm. Um, I found that very interesting. It's a very long movie, but I did not feel the running time at all. No. It's like two hours and fifty something minutes long. It's nearly three hours long. Um, it came out the same year as uh, I think the Green Mile, which also had the same kind of running time. There were these. It was this like year of all these Oscar bait movies being like nearly three hours long. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it was really fascinating and it was a very odd movie because I found like it's this huge running time, but it kind of moves really, really fast. And it's got the soundtrack cues like what he would use later in Mindhunter. Yeah. But it moves really, really fast. There's a lot of information, a lot of intercutting. So the, the running time's kind of never a thing. And then it just kind of stops. Yeah. And it, it leaves you horrifically unfulfilled, which is entirely the point of it, because the Zodiac Killer was never found. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is him doing that, but in movie form, you yeah. clever son of a fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> I just, it was a really fascinating version of a journalism story. And it's interesting to mm-hmm. compare it directly to one of our other picks, um, the, the, the one of the, for both of us, we've got the older president's men. Yeah. And, and th- they're very similar in terms of, space and characters that they're yeah. dealing and with. And it's very choiceful. Like, it's, there's a lot of choices in how they sort of covered the real events and what they left out and where they ended at mm. the points in the movie. Speaking of the real events, one of the murders, the daylight murder in there is mm. horrific. Yeah, and, horrific. and they're drawn out too. Like, even, like, the, the very first murder at, like, the Lover's Lane, that daylight murder, like, even, like, how he covered, like, the taxi cab driver being killed. It's, like... Very like drawn out. You get like you're immediately within the scene of it, and you're just like. What? I tell you the one scene that just had me on edge was when he goes down to the basement of the film projectionist. Mm. I was like, no, no, it's Mm-mm. bad, and it's like it's the most innocuous conversation about cinema, about like old Hollywood films, and yeah. and 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 what is it? The the not the not the I Am Legend adaptation. It's a different one. Um, the not Thunderbolt, it's, 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 you know, the one, and then the, the Zodiac Killer references the film in, in, in it. Um, and oh. it, it was, I was like, I was, I was so tense, and I was like, is he the, is he the killer? But then, I, you know, it, it was, it was a very good scene in like a movie filled with very, very good it's, scenes. It's the scene that's like most commonly on Twitter, and people were like, Share it all oh the really? Time. Yeah, it's I thought like, it was the daylight killing because that one I'd seen like a half a dozen times in references. I, I see that scene a lot where because it it's like sort of just focused on Jake Gyllenhaal being like really scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of the actors, uh, really great cast. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal's played a fair few journalists now, and mm. they're all like wildly different. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure isn't the character from Okja also a journalist? Oh, wasn't he? There's was, journalists in it. I can't. I, I think he's like a weed, like animal rights. No, he's like a, he's like a TV journalist. Like he's like a like a, a name. But like, like yeah, yeah, but like a personality, yeah. like yeah, in personality. the in 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 news, if you would call it that. Mm. Um, there's him, and then he's a journalist in Nightcrawler, oh, yeah. like, out of an entirely video journalist. Kind. Yeah. Um, and then there's, uh. Downey Jr. in... Pre-Iron Man. Pre-Iron Man too, but had he done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang at this point? Yes, or? I think that was 2005 or 2006. Right, right, so it's right. it's like right on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, The Most Dangerous Game is the name of the movie, which is right. the hunting men instead yeah, of yeah, animals yeah. is like the thrill of the, you know, it's the... Uh, but um, And Mark Ruffalo being good old, reliable Mark Ruffalo, but... <laughs> um, 
I, I, I liked, it was interesting because when I first finished it, I was like, I don't quite know how I feel. I know what I watched is mm. good, but I don't know how I feel, which was, which I haven't had that often lately. I don't get movies that kind of stump me. Yeah. So I definitely like at the end of watching it, I was like, I have to watch this again. I absolutely have to watch this again. Cause I have no idea exactly. Like now I know, now it's sort of having a bit of breathing space. I'm like, you know, it's definitely good. It's definitely intricate in ways that I probably need several more viewings to sort of pull apart and figure out and 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 realize um interestingly because finch is known for ta- doing like a couple hundred takes yeah for a scene or whatever um and robert downey jr was not used to this and so in protest he peed in cups and left them around the set <laughs> because he wasn't allowed to leave for a toilet break yeah, like he course. was so used to it's like oh they're changing the mag or go pee and he, they were like no nope, no nope, we keep rolling keep rolling keep going and so he's like because they've shot on a phantom something or not the phantom this um, sort of new tech that was really good in low light. It was the first sort of really great low light digital cameras. Yeah, there's an extensive digital work. I don't know if you've seen the video where they break down. Oh all yeah, the... no, I was going to say like this is more of Fincher pioneering. There were, like there was a couple of them that I like. Some of the driving scenes looked really odd to me because they clearly shot them on green screen and they replaced it, and it was really good, but it was very. It stood out as feeling a bit artificial in some ways. I don't quite know why, but he's definitely perfected it come Mindhunter. And oh, yeah. I just think yeah. it's a matter of he was a, he was like a couple of steps ahead of the tech at the time. Yeah. Uh, but really excellent movie, really long. It's on Prime at the moment in mm. Australia. I don't know if it'll still be there <laughs> when yeah, this comes out. And did Everything you watch just the director's cut? Yes, I watched the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. on. I, I, I bought it on seen. Well, I bought it on Blu-ray ages ago. I bought it, literally, I bought it along with Heat yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago. And I was like, yes, I'm going to watch these. And then I never got around to it because I wanted to sit and do it in one sitting. And I was able to do that with both, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but I watched the director's cut and it was really fascinating. I want to watch it with his commentary actually as well. I reckon that would that be would pretty, be amazing. He's got me. great commentaries, very funny commentaries. So the film that I brought uh, in terms of journalism yeah. is the the very underseen, not really. It's it's like a <laughs> considered a modern classic. Uh, 1976's Network, directed by Sidney Lumet, starring Peter Finch, Faye Dunaway, and Robert Duvall, Robert uh, William Holden, and Robert Duvall. Mm. And then various little supporting characters, Ned Beatty and all that kind of thing. And just to top it off here, it is streaming on Stan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely streaming on Stan. And uh, written by Paddy Chayefsky, considered one of the great writers of, of all time. And it's sort of like the anti-newsroom, this movie. Um, but this <laughs> one's considered a classic. I hadn't seen it. I saw it... Um, in film school, it was one of those ones that kept popping up in reference to script-based things. And so I was like, oh, okay, because everyone considered this to be one of the best screenplays ever written. And I would probably agree. Yeah. Um, it's really perfect. It floors you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and I watched it then and I was like, holy shit. And then every time I come across, it's weird because I come across a lot of my filmmaker peers and people who are usually well-read on a lot of movies, like Alex, our mm. friend Alex never seen it before and then he watched it and he's like a huge into the 70s movies yeah. 70s movies so like he knows that world better than i do and yet he hadn't seen network and he puts on network and he's like holy shit and he loved it so much he watched it again that same day with his mum who hadn't seen it <laughs> um it's it's so good and it's so 
it's become more relevant now, which is... Uh, it's frighteningly relevant. Yeah, yeah. To, especially to news media. Faye Dunaway's character is so on point with mm. literally everyone. It's this... It's about... Like, it's... Oh, we should, t- we should tell people what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, it, it covers uh, a, a network where one of the on-air newscasters goes insane and then the writings... The, sorry, the ratings spike... And so they decide to cash in on it and go with it and let this insane man go on his ramblings. And it starts to sort of upend the way they do the news. The news becomes entertainment. Very and commercialized. Comes, they, yeah. they have this big stage with the yeah. psychic. It's be- almost like a game, game show. show. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. gamify the news. Um, and and the thing is, Paddy Chayefsky kind of did this before we were actually really doing that in real life. It was still the 70s and all that, you know, um, all the president's men. Still integrity. Same in year the, as network. Yeah, yeah. So that was like, there was still a tremendous amount of integrity albeit probably very you know white dominant and all those kind of things yeah but there's still quite a bit of integrity so it was almost like this weird fairy tale thing you know um with this rather shocking ending and now you watch that ending in these days and you're like oh yeah no i see that no. i see that totally happening that's just like what we see now in australian television if you watch that yeah so. yeah yeah and speaking of australians i mean peter finch in this the guy who mm. goes mad um He's Australian, and it, apparently Sydney Limit was very worried that his accent would come through, so he like pretended to be American to get the role and all this kind of stuff. But he's got this iconic monologue that sort of gets gift everywhere, and it's like, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. anymore, and he gets everyone to yell it out of the windows, and that's sort of considered one of the greatest, you know, yeah. lines. That's one of the. It's the you can't handle the truth of the 1970s. Yeah. Um, Faye Dunaway is phenomenal. Um, it won, it famously got nominated like across the board. Like every actor in this got a nomination. Two leads got a nomination. Uh, William Holden and Peter Finch were both nominated, and Peter Finch won posthumously. Yeah. He died before the Oscars ceremony, oh. which is really sad. And he's one of only like uh, two acting awards to be given posthumously. So him and Heath Ledger, yeah, both Australian, Australian yeah. which wow. is really kind of cool. Um, and it, it's Sidney Lumet, who, 12 Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, one of the, I, it, It's weird because I hadn't seen a lot of Sidney Lumet other than this. And then recently I've started watching some things, the, the Anderson tapes, um, mm. Deadly Affair. Some of my favorite stuff, really, are 12 Angry Men, Anderson tapes. It's like, oh my God. I think, I'm this. starting to think that we owe more to him than critically we think. You know, we talk a lot about Hitchcock. Everyone owes this to Hitchcock, and Hitchcock you can trace to Spielberg and to yeah. Bong Joon-ho and all that kind of thing. But um, Sin Lumet doesn't get talked about enough, but he he's really there. And actually, if anyone's listening who is a film student, I highly recommend his book, Making Movies by Sin Lumet, because in it he kind of breaks it down in a really non-wanky way about how he went and directed those movies. He talks about his process for 12 Angry Men, where he says, okay, I designed my shots to go to start wide and high, and as the further the story goes in, we go low and close. With this kind of thing, he talks about budget, he talks about his rehearsal process, he talks about all sorts of things across his entire filmography. It's really wonderful, highly recommended. It's better than the David Mamet book, which I despise the David Mamet book. I think I'm the only one who does. Everyone rates it very highly, and I found it very... Because uh, he's like, you shouldn't move the camera. The camera should... Oh, bring boo, no- shut up. <laughs> the camera should bring no attention to self. You're not making camera. You're making a story about Here characters. at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, we like moving the camera. <laughs> yes, yes. And see, what's interesting is he doesn't do like a lot of these huge showy moves, but he's the choreography of the camera and the blocking in this film is like tight as fuck. This is mm. some of the best work I've sort of seen just as far as like it feels masterfully done 
and it also looks effortless, but you know, like, it's if it looks effortless, yeah. it was not. Because <laughs> there's, like, rooms full of people. Like, it gets, like, yeah. big at some point. It's, like, like, seven or eight people in a room. And it's, and and it's, it's not just covered. masters. There's bits of coverage. There's a lot of blocking camera. It's just superb. I consider this, like, one of... As far as, like, American films go specifically, this is probably one of, if not the best, mm. <laughs> along with... <laughs> Our, Our final, final pick, pick, which neither of us had seen, but I'd been putting, I'd been, uh, everyone tells you to watch this Solomon, movie. right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's one of the best picture nominees. It's always talked about, always referenced in everything. It's All the President's Men. Also from 1976, directed by, oh God, what's his name? Uh, he did Clute as well. Um, oh, you will. It is <laughs> Vamp, I know, Josh. I'm... Sorry? <laughs> I say Vamp. Make, make some stuff up while I... <laughs> some... I've... No. There we go. The thing is, I, I know the name. I just can't... I don't want to pronounce it. It's Alan it. J. Pacula. That's it. Yeah. Um, so it, this is this tells the story of the Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein who uncover the details of the Watergate scandal that leads to President Richard Nixon's resignation starring Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford... Uh, and Jason Robards in a tiny role, and then various little supporting players. Yeah, uh, written by William Goldman, who is famous yes. for The Princess Bride. Yes, um, and this is also a phenomenal piece of American it's filmmaking. God, it's um, it's it's so good. I was expecting something good. I wasn't expecting something that would just rivet me in a very modern way. Yeah, it is so modern. I, I feel like it, it wasn't... From the opening, from the opening of the, 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 the massive close-up on the typewriter going... Because they use, like, gun effects and cannon yeah, bombs and cannon everything. Balls and, um, and split diopters. Optors. This is the most used of split diopters I think I've ever seen in my life in one movie. And it's split everywhere. diopters in, like, with, like, push-ins as well. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. letting the scene I was trying breathe. to figure out how there's this one shot. It's, like, the second last shot. Um, while they're working, and it's there's the TV there, yep. and and there's and it starts as a wide, and everything's in focus, and then as they zoom in, it gets it the... becomes a split diopter, and I'm like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the actual mechanical process of that was. Did they slide a diopter in? Was it already there? Was there, like what I could not figure I've, it out for all my there technical wasn't knowledge. Any like the thing is, there wasn't any like distortion that like that was suggested slid in. I feel like, it but was it was there. The bar the was same. there. Yeah, I feel like it was because it was at the same depth initially, and as it zoomed in, it becomes more apparent. Yeah, but I don't even know how they pulled that off, that shot. I love, you know, the final, you know, I always complain about, like, true story movies having really dumb end titles where it's just, like, this block of text that says, such and such did Mm. this, and in 1978, this person died of carcinomas, and then this happened, and a grave still stands there to this day, and we call it... Mother's Day, like just all these really <laughs> dumb titles on otherwise really great movies. Uh, um, Bridge of Spies, I think, does this, and I really didn't like. I just thought they should have just ended on the shot. I didn't need to know the what happened afterwards. But it's this like staple of true story. Let's it win is. an Oscar movies, and they do a version of it in All the President's Men. But it's really thrilling. It's this. It's this like auto it's all visual. It's it's yeah. It's all visual. It's this mm. news typing Audi. Like the version of breaking news, like you would get a computer alert now, but it's the old version, so it's sort of like sent in, and the com- mm-hmm. and the, the typewriter automatically types it out. And like, my god, it was riveting, and I was just like, "Fuck, this movie is so good. It's so modern. Does not feel like two hours and fifteen minutes. So tense. Some of those scenes in the car park with Deep Throat. Oh my like, god, that was to die for. Like, <sighs> just, just the way it was lit." 
yeah, this is the big thing I wanted to bring up that, that we didn't forget was like they let the actors fucking fall into darkness and not give a shit about it because yeah. their performance. Some of those like driving hours. scenes were phenomenal, and I was yeah. like, oh, they have them lit at some points, but then they just let them sit in darkness. It's not like this they impossibly don't... lit car that doesn't look real, which I fucking hate in movies. Yeah, it's like just let it breathe, let them sit and go into darkness, let it come out of it. Let's let because that's what this type of story is. It's yeah. not. It's on the ground. They're just yeah. running the journalist. But then even but then I think it was really clever because then it contrasted with the with the bullpen in the newsroom mm. where it's this just bright lights, fluoro lights, and one of one of the moments that got me, I literally said holy shit out loud when it happened because there's um it's it's Robert Redford's running across the newsroom floor. Yeah. And it's yeah, this and it dolly yeah. shot, this lateral dolly shot that just fucking... Because ru- he's pelting. Like, this isn't sort of running, movie running. This is like, he's just pelting and the camera's moving as fast as him. And then it goes it out the hallway into yeah. and up to the door of an elevator. And I just cried out, holy shit, because that shot went so much more than I thought it would. Yeah, and then, and then it just goes and it frames them in the and elevator. And it frames them perfectly. It yeah. stopped perfectly. I was like, in my head, I was like, how many fucking takes was that? Yeah. That must have been the whole day for that one shot, surely. Yeah. And because that, that was, was on the Ariflex as well, so a bit yeah. noisy, a bit like yeah, noisy. yeah, yeah. And it was, but it was like those dolly shots, those just the the length of the newsroom floor. Mm. Apparently, they were going to shoot in the real place, and then they couldn't, so they built that as a set. Which because the journalists, the real journalists, were in the background and they were trying to act too much. Yeah, they were trying <laughs> to act too much. Yeah. So they got re- so they got fake actors to do it. Um, and. But, like, it looks... Even the prod design, because it's not a flashy production design like uh, Crimson Peak or something, which I adore, but there's still so much work to it. Apparently, it was so detailed that they put, like, real... Old, uh, dated, out of date um, phone books yeah. in that that were period accurate to to the year that <laughs> it was being made, and I'm just like that is nuts, but it it worked and it's brilliant and it's one I'm kind of a bit oh, what won in best picture that year because I was like surely there wasn't a better film this year no. than <laughs> all and, the presidents and carrying on with that with the massive massively white newsroom as well is there was a great color contrast in terms of like just the background and some of the key figures and body Robert Redford's tan suit. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that was a, a tan suit. <laughs> um, it was, it was just so good. And Robert Redford was doing some really good work in there. I kind of yeah. seen, have you seen, um, uh, what are we, uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? I missed that one. Oh my God. It's so yeah. good. Um, it's a very different role for him. Uh, speaking of, you know, Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman, it's very understated for Dustin. Dustin Hoffman's usually the one yelling. Um, oh, Rocky won Best Picture. Yeah, no, All the President's Men is way better than Rocky. Yeah, I, I this is probably going to be a hot take. Everyone loves Rocky. I have tried. Tried Rocky twice and I could not get it. It's just the most brotastic <laughs> celebration of punching people that I've ever seen. And I'm probably going to get fried for saying that, but I really don't like that. Not a fan of Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it's yeah, it's not my kind of thing. Whereas all the presidents' men has stayed relevant, as opposed to Rocky. Um, the performance spent it, like everything about this movie was just perfect, and I was like, I, I'm I'm mad I hadn't seen it earlier. Same. Um, but then I'm also kind of happy I saw it in the middle of this current time we're living in. It just mm. maybe it gives me a little bit of hope, even if that hope is unfounded. Yeah, and I I suggested this this pair exquisitely with Secret Honor. 
Yes. Well. Th- yeah, I, I saw you tweet that. And I'm like, yeah, that would Secret Honor and All the President's Men would make a perfect double. Which order would you do it in first? Would you do All the President's and then Secret Honor or Secret Honor and then All the President's I think All the President's because it sort of follows the, t- the tradition. Like, or like the so All the President's first or second? Uh, first. Because first. it's okay. like, the, like the, where it goes. Like it's linear. Yeah. yeah. But then then you've made it like a, a like a downer ending. Like it starts yeah. good and then ends down. And it goes yeah, deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, but they would make a terrific mm. double feature. Uh, so, yeah, so that's our, that's, picks. that's our picks this week. If you have any interesting journalism movies, let us know. It's an, it's, a, it's an interesting genre. We had a couple of picks because there's a movie called Christine that you'd almost suggested, but then you yep. switched to Zodiac because I hadn't seen it yet. Yep. Um, and you had, whereas neither of us have seen Christine. There's yep. some really interesting movies. So, if you have some interesting picks, let us know. You can contact us on Twitter or Instagram at Picture Rangers. You can email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. And me on Twitter at Joshua Grigg underscore and our next topic for next week all things going according to plan will be war movies and we're going to have a special guest hopefully fingers crossed (laughs) otherwise maybe expect more commentaries from us we may we may do a commentary yeah yeah we we, we, will interrupt the the usual programming with some other programming depending on how things go but uh our next one of this format should hopefully be war movies yes so thanks again Thank so you. much for listening, guys. Listen to us and other great podcasts on That's Not Canon Productions. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.